would invite you to turn to Psalm 148 this morning. Psalm 148. <clears throat> we tend to uh, stay away from things that we're not good at. At least I do. We tend to gravitate towards those things which we are good at. I was always game for sports or outdoor or camping kind of things because I enjoyed those things and I, I had the ability to do them. There are other things that I stayed away from. One of those things I've always stayed away from is trivia. My worst nightmare is to be on one of those shows, you know, where they start at $50 because I'm, I'm just, I'm sure I would miss the $50 question. Probably one of the most foolish things I ever did in my ministry was I had been going through a series and every Sunday I invited a young person up and I asked them a question out of the Bible to see if they could get it. And when we were all done, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to let you ask me the questions. Well, it didn't take long for me to realize that was a bad idea. Because here you are, the pastor, you're standing up in front of a whole congregation of people, and somebody's going to ask you a random question. Of course, the pastor should know the answer, right? So the first uh, question was the seventh grader walked up first Sunday, and he said, name the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, and I'll tell you, I could remember about three of them. And then I, I started hearing these words that I know I'd heard, and I, I think I got up to about seven. And, and, but then I wasn't sure if I was naming the tribes of Israel or, uh, or Santa's reindeers. You know, Asher and Dat, no, Dat, not Dasher, what, you know. And I, uh, I woke up every Sunday with a, just a knot in my stomach. I was so happy when I was through with that month. <clears throat> We do things that we are good at. I, I picked this psalm, and I didn't pick it because I'm good at it. I picked it because it's so important. So I want you to know I'm, I'm really preaching this psalm to myself uh, this morning. And uh, I'm, I'm going to guess I'm not the only one who maybe struggles somewhat with, with this. And so what am I talking about? I'm, I'm talking about praise. I'm talking about praise. So I want you to think with me today about praise. Here's a little short little definition. Praise is the expression. I want to emphasize the word expression. Praise is expressing, okay? Praise is the expression, not, not the feeling, not the knowledge, but it's the expression of appreciation for and adoration of someone. So praise is really our expression of our appreciation for God and adoration for, for who He is. Now, it's not that I don't have inner thoughts and feelings that are very praiseworthy to God. And I think on some level, even the unexpressed thoughts of our hearts are a form of praise to God. But I don't want to let myself off the hook too easily here, or any of us here this morning. Because praise is, is really the expression of, of what we feel towards God. 
I don't know why it's difficult for me. Maybe it's my heritage. Maybe it's my personality. You know, I grew up in northern Minnesota. We didn't get the, the label frozen, chosen up there for, for nothing. And uh, you've probably heard that before. But I, I, think we, I think we miss something when we find ourselves not able to express praise towards God. And so we're going to jump into this psalm. It's, it's a powerful truth. And we are, are going to read, uh, I want to read through this psalm. And then we're going to come back and, and spend a little bit of time on it. Psalm 148, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him from the heights, praise him all his angels, praise him all his hosts, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars, praise him the highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps and fire and hail and snow and mist and stormy wind fulfilling his word, and mountains and all hills and fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples and princesses and all rulers of the earth and young men and maidens and old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He's raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints. For the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Alleluia, which is literally, when you see praise the Lord here, uh, anytime you read it in Psalms 145 to 150, you see praise the Lord. If you notice, this psalm starts with praise the Lord and it ends with praise the Lord. The word there is Alleluia. That's how it is. Alleluia. I don't know if you know this, but there are... There are seven words for praise in the Scripture. Seven different words that are used. So when you see the word praise, it can be a number of these different words. I want to I walk you through this because I think this is important. The first one is yada. Yada. Psalm 145. All you have made. Well, yada, you, O Lord, your saints will extol you. Yada means open hands. By the way, praise is expression. So all of these words of praise all have expressive actions. And yada, the word yada is the connotation of open hands. You know, there's something interesting if you're worshiping God or you're praying. By the way, when we talk about these different expressions of praise, this isn't just something you do in church. This is something you do in your life. This is something you do in your prayer time. This is something you can do any time during the day. But to praise God is to open your hands. 
And when you open your hand, just do this with me once, okay? I'm going to push you a little bit this morning. Okay, just open your hands. I want, I want us, okay, just, just open up. All you, when you open your hands, you know, when I do that, I think of, I don't know what you think about or what, what it kind of, internally, what you feel, but I feel like I'm, I'm receiving something. That's just me, okay? If I go like this, I feel like I'm opening myself up to something that God has. I think that's one of the things that happens in praise. Yada. We open ourselves up. As we praise Him, we also open ourselves up to receive something from Him. Here's the second one. Tauda. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with tauda. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Tauda means to extend the hands. It means to extend the hands. Extended hands is the essence of tauda. So he's saying, enter his courts, courts of thanksgiving, uh, or his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with extended hands of, of praise. So just do this once when you lift your hands, okay? All right, I know this feels kind of uncomfortable for me, all right? I feel like my armpits are exposed, and uh, but we don't do it that often. But when I don't know what you sense in your body when you extend your hand, but I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm reaching up to God. I feel like I'm extending myself to God. I also feel like I'm exposing myself a little bit. It just feels that way. Maybe a little bit vulnerable, but it's kind of this sense of, of reaching up uh, to God. For some people, it may be a sense of almost of of, of Giving towards God, giving of yourself towards God as you reach uh, towards God. It's almost pointing yourself up to God. Tauda, to extend the hands. That's literally what that form of praise means. Here's the third one. Shabak. Shabak, Psalm 63.3. Because your love is better than life. We saw this last week. My lips will shabak you. Shabak means loud noise of overflowing joy. It means loud adoration. There's a place, and we don't maybe do this very well, but there's a place for loud expression of, uh, of praise to God for what He's done. This is a form of you know, when you, when you release that, it's a form of celebration of what God has done and who He is. Shabbat, loud noise of overflowing joy. The fourth one, it's Barak. Psalm 95, 6. Let us come, kneel down, and worship. Okay? Let us kneel. That's the word right there. Now, it doesn't use the word praise, but it's a form. It comes from... Uh, the word kneel comes from a form of praise. And so, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Barak is a, basically a response of submission and trust through bowing or kneeling. So there's a form of praise which is bowing and kneeling before God. And this, of course, just has this sense of, when you do that, it's a sense of surrender of your life to Him. 
The fifth one is Zamar. Psalm 147.1. Zamar. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing Zamar to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. Zamar is songs of praise with instruments. This has a sense of praising God with instruments. Now, we could all praise God. There are, there are churches that don't use any instruments, and you don't need instruments to praise God. I will say this, though. You do need instruments to praise God in this form, which we are told it is good to zamar praises to God. In other words, it is good to sing praises to God with instruments. And so we see the instruments were very much a part of the life of Israel from the harp and the cymbals, the clashing cymbals and the, the horns and uh, the lyre. And if you were to go through the Scripture, you'd find many, many instruments of praise which are listed. And they are meant to enhance our worship to God. Zamar, number six, is Tehillah. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with Tehillah. And Tehillah is singing praise to God. So you can, you can praise God by saying, I love you, Lord. Or you can sing it. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. And so we, we sing praise to God. Because it enhances our praise, and, it in, and we see here that it's one of the ways in which we are called to praise God. And then, number seven. This is the form of praise that you'll find all the way through Psalms 145 through 150. These are, uh, in fact, these are called the Alleluia Psalms. Because the form of praise here is, is the word Allah. We see Psalm 148.1, what we just read, praise the Lord. That's the word there is Allah. And Allah means to rave about or be clamorously foolish about. To rave about, extravagant. It's this expression of extravagance, almost to the point of looking foolish. And so, this is a, a loud, spontaneous word of praise to God. In fact, I'm going sh to show you a clip here um, of how spontaneous praise can really be. And I, I hate to go to the... Uh, I hate to go to the, uh, the Cubby Bear bar to, to find this, but... You'll, you'll see this. It was 108 years, 2016, since Chicago won the World Series. I want you to just watch, because this is, this is Allah here. And if this is how people can praise the World Series, imagine how we can praise God. Just watch, I want you to see just a spontaneous uh, example here. There it is. 
hands extended, jumping, dancing around, all over a baseball game. <laughs> okay, thanks, Chris. Now, the Scripture says, let all of creation praise the Lord. And, and we see here this, just this uh, Allah, we see this spontaneous, extravagant praise to God. Some of you were at Revive this last year. We got together with Revive, we got together with some Pentecostal folks, we got together, and I know there were people there that were uncomfortable because there were people that were moving around quite a bit, and there were people with hands extended, and there were people that were sometimes making loud noises and waving flags and, and doing all this. And, you know, I, I just want, all I can say is that, you know, at some point we probably need to get used to it because I have a feeling that's what heaven is going to be like. Um, you, you saw what you saw there watching a World Series game, I think that what's going to happen when all the nations stand before the Lord, I think we will experience all these forms of praise from, from bowing at his feet to loud, extravagant, cheering, clapping, applauding, uh, lifting hands to God for who he is. Now the reason I'm taking time to walk through and the reason I want you to see all these different words for praise is because this is one of the primary things in our life that we are about. This is one of the primary reasons why you are here. This is one of the primary reasons why I am here. This is what we were created for. I want you to think about that. This is what we're, we were created for. And so, this psalm is, is not hard to understand. It's all about the importance of praise. In fact, praise is used nine times in the first five verses. And so, we, we see here as we, as we look at this psalm that it's, it's divided basically into, into two categories. We see the first one is that praise is all about what is, it's the whole focus of everything above the earth, everything above us. And so, you know, praise the Lord in the heavens, from the heights, all his angels, all his hosts, the sun, the moon, the stars, the highest heavens, the waters above the heavens. I think it's a reference to the clouds and the rain. It says, let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they came into existence. And so, everything out there, the whole purpose of everything out there is, is to give praise to God. Just imagine how big that universe is. I, uh, I never get tired of illustrations of how big the universe is. I was reading an article by Tim Keller last week, and he talks about something that dramatically impacted him many years ago as a, as a young man growing up in a Sunday school class. And the teacher said, let's assume that the distance between the earth and the sun, 92 million miles, let's say 92 million miles is represented by the thickness of this sheet of paper. Okay? 
the distance to the nearest star is a stack of these papers, 70 miles high, or 70 feet, excuse me. So imagine stacking papers so that we would go 70 feet high, 92 million miles for each piece of paper. That's how, that's how far away the, the nearest star to us is. The diameter of that galaxy where that star is located would be a stack of papers, each represented 92 million miles. It would be a stack of papers 310 miles high. That's just one galaxy. That's just a speck in the millions of galaxies that exist. And, and what we read here is that all of it, all of it is extended to be to the praise and the glory of God. That's why they were created, that they might praise their creator. But then he shifts to the earth. And he said, not only do we praise him in the heights, but he says, praise the Lord from the earth. Great sea creatures, fire, hail, snow, mist, mountains, hills, fruit trees, cedars, beasts, livestock, creeping, flying birds, kings, princesses, rulers, young men, maidens, old men, children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Everything up there, everything down here is intended to be for the praise of God. So what is this psalm saying? It's saying one simple truth. We exist. We exist for the praise of God. Every day when you get up and you open your eyes, we are, we are just called to live for the praise of God. I believe that the root of all evil in the world, the root of it, it, it begins with a denial of this truth. Here's where it starts. The world was created from the highest heavens to the lowest depths of the earth. Everything was made to live in, in connection and praise to this creator and to, to step out of that reality. I think evil is living outside of this reality. I think that's the essence of, ed, of evil. And so, you know, it doesn't matter really what you do. You can... You can spend your life building homes for Habitat for Humanity. You can, you can give things to the poor. But if you live outside of this reality that you're here, that you exist for the praise of God, then that is the sense of godlessness or wickedness or evil in our world. We read this, and I, I believe this is in Romans 1, I want you to just hear these words again. The wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness, listen to what they do, they suppress the truth. And so what's the truth that they suppress? What can be known about God is plain to them. 
Because God has shown them his invisible attributes, his, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse. Although they knew about God, they did not honor him or notice. They did not give thanks to him. They did not live for the praise of him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened and claiming to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of God for images and so forth. Therefore, because of that, God gives them over to all kinds of impurity and so forth. The denial of the reality that we exist for the praise of God and that there is a God out there who, who is worthy of our praise is the root of ungodliness in our world. So how do we apply how do we apply this this morning? <clears throat> Let me just, in these last few minutes, just share a, a few things about praise that I think will be helpful. You know, I, I, think, pray, I think when we talk about praise, I think it's deeper than just uh, being, talking about being more expressive or lifting a person's hands in worship or whatever it might be. Here, here's four things about praise that you can think about and that might be helpful first thing to remember is that praise is a sacrifice. Praise is a sacrifice. I'm going to read, I, I listed uh, Psalm 54, 6 in there, but I want, to, I want to read, I'm going to read a different verse there. Hebrews 13, 15, you can write this down if you're taking notes. It says, through him then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So, praise is talked about as a, as a sacrifice. Now, when you give a sacrifice, you, you give up something, right? <clears throat> they would give up something that was, they give up an you know, unblemished lamb or whatever it was, and you, you sacrifice something to God. <clears throat> and, you know, I've had, there's been times because I might feel uncomfortable expressing my praise to God, and part of my sacrifice and part of your sacrifice might be to do something God's calling you to do, even though it doesn't feel comfortable. My sister told me a few years ago, when her kids were small, she, uh, she didn't grow up expressing appreciation. And so her kids would walk by, and one of her boys' name was Jack. And her Jack would walk by, and she would think, man, I'm so thankful, God, that you gave me Jack. But she never expressed that. She never talked to Jack. And one day she thought, you know what? I need to start, I need to start expressing what I'm feeling and thinking. And so the next time Jack came through, she, she grabbed him and she said, Jack, you know what? I just want you to know that I'm so happy that you're my son. I, I love you. And she put her, her arms around him. She said, it felt so weird. She said, it felt so uncomfortable. Because she said, I wasn't used to, to expressing it in that way. But she said, I just forced myself for the next couple months. She said, I just forced myself to do this. 
And she said, you know what? After about two months, it just all of a sudden, I just found myself naturally doing that because I, I kind of worked through the discomfort of it. You know, I think there's something about praise that we're, you know, it maybe feels uncomfortable, but maybe we just need to sacrifice our comfort and just do it. It's something that's good to do. You know, I, I'd encourage you, if you struggle with expressing praise, then start it in your own personal prayer life. And maybe when you pray and you're having your devotions in the morning, maybe you just open your hands to God while you pray like this. Or maybe you lift your hands. Or maybe you sing a song to God. Just start expressing praise to God. Start extending your expression of praise because He is worthy of all of our praise. And I'll assure you, one day, uh, it's just going to flow from all of us. But this is something that, that we can... Maybe you need to look at it as a sacrifice that you give to God. A sacrifice of praise. Praise is also something that takes time. And so maybe it's just a time where you just go through all the things you're thankful for. You know, that may take some time in your day, but that's, that's one of the ways that praise can become a sacrifice of time and focus and energy. Here's the second one. Remember that praise is a pleasure. Praise is a pleasure, and I'm talking about a pleasure to God. I'm not talking about for your pleasure. I'm talking about something that's pleasurable to God. I'm going to read Psalm uh, 147.11. It says, But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him, those who hope in His steadfast love. There are a number of passages in the Bible that talks about the fact that God finds things pleasurable. And one of the things that God finds very pleasurable is the delight, the praise, the thanks and of, of His people. It's, you know, it's like when you give someone a gift. And you, know, you can walk up to somebody and you can give them a gift and then go, oh, thanks, and walk away. Or you can go up to someone and give them a gift and they go, oh, that is absolutely beautiful. I love that. I know right where I'm going to put that. And, and you get done and you go over and you, you, you give them a big, I mean, isn't that the fun of giving a gift? Have you ever given somebody a gift who you thought didn't appreciate it? Just think of everything we have is a gift from God. Everything. Everything around us, your next breath, you get 23,000 of them, take or give a, minus a few, 23,000 breaths every day that God gives you. It's in Him that we live and move and have our being. So doesn't it make sense that, that our lives should just be an expression of thankfulness for the gifts that God has given us? Praise you need to realize that praise brings great pleasure to God. Here's the third one. Praise is what God deserves. Praise is what God deserves. Psalm 18. Psalm 18, verse 3. You see it up on the screen. I call the Lord who is worthy 
of praise. And I'm saved from my enemies. Why do we praise God? Because he is worthy of praise. Now, I've known people that think that it sounds kind of egotistical of God. He would say, everybody should be worshiping me because I'm worthy of this. And, but you know what? There's a difference. We, we, we think of that in terms of ourselves. And we think, well, I would never do that. I would never invite people to you know, look at me like everything's about me. But you know what? You're not God. I'm not God. There is only one who is worthy of that. And that is God. He is worthy of all praise because all things are from Him and for Him and through Him. And so He is the only one who is worthy of, of that kind of praise. And He deserves that first place in our lives. Uh, I was reading of a young boy. It was, he, was, uh, he was a five-year-old and he asked if he could pray for the Thanksgiving meal. So he begins his prayer by thanking the turkey, uh, assured that it was the turkey would be good, and uh, and then he began to scroll through a whole line of credits, like thank you for mom who who fixed the turkey, and thanks for dad who went to the store and bought the turkey, and thanks for the guy in the in the grocery store that put the turkey on the shelf. And thanks for the, the trucker who took the turkey to the store and, and the farmer who fattened up the turkey and the guy that made the feed to bring to the turn the whole litany. This young five-year-old went through it all. When he got to the end, he said, did I miss anybody? His two-year-old brother said, you forgot God. <laughs> Of course, the five-year-old said, oh yeah, I was getting to him, right? <laughs> I was getting to him. God should be on the top of our, our list. He shouldn't be the last one. Oh yeah, by the way, God. God deserves that place of honor, that, that first place in our lives. And then lastly, praise God. And this is a little bit of a shift, but this is something you need to realize for yourself. Praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Our inclination is to drift away from a life and a heart of praise. And you know, we have an enemy who is constantly trying to, to get us in a mindset where we are diminishing the goodness of God which is the source of praise in our life, is to understand the goodness of God. And so, I mean, from the very beginning, you know, go way back to Genesis. What's he doing? He's trying to diminish, in the eyes of, of Eve, the goodness of God. And so, I, I don't know if this is just, it's probably both. Natural inclination, it's part of our flesh, it's probably part of the enemy. All this goes into, however, bringing us to these places where we, get, we just get so focused on this thing that happened or the thing we don't have or the thing that's not going right and we just can't see all of the things that God is doing every day. We just can't get our eyes off the half-empty part of that cup. 
we fail to realize that there's, there's always and there's always part of the cup that's going to be empty. And there's always this, this part of the cup that's full. Things aren't always like we would like them in the wilderness. We, we should have learned that lesson as we read through the Old Testament. I mean, these guys, they had the Red Sea. They had water flowing out of rocks. They had a fire, you know, by night and a cloud by day to guide them. They had, they had this, they were hungry and this amazing food came down from heaven. Remember the manna? Can you imagine the day that happened? People are just praising God, saying, God, this stuff is, a, this is amazing that we would have starved to death out here and you're providing this food and it's got all of the nourishment in it that we need. And two weeks later, they're going, I hate this stuff. Right? And they were complaining. Just two weeks earlier, they had been thanking God. They'd been thanking Him for all that He had all that he had given to them. Our natural inclination is to become thankless. It's to, it's to lose this, this heart of praise towards God. There, there was a guy in, uh, in Budapest that was living with nine people in his house. So he went to the rabbi. He said, I can't stand this. So, we're just too crowded. The rabbi said, I want you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to buy a donkey. I want you to take it in the house with you. I want you to come back and see me in a week. Came back in a week. He said, this is insane. He said, I can't stand it. He said, we're going crazy. He said, okay, I want you to get rid of the donkey. Come back in a week. He got rid of the donkey. He said, it's wonderful. <laughs> That's how we are. Uh, I, I saw this, this young man on Dateline a couple weeks ago. Maybe, maybe some of you, one of you saw that, but um, he had everything going for him. He was a good-looking kid, kind of a charming guy, had his whole life ahead of him. He went home and he put a shotgun under his chin and blew the trigger. Anybody see that? <clears throat> There's only one problem. He didn't die. But he lost his face. His whole face was gone. Everything. Mouth, nose. Um, it was all gone. And it was a story of a, of a face transplant, 25-hour procedure, a, a face transplant. And, uh, you know, obviously when he was done, he, had to, he was trying to learn to talk again, and, and, but at least he had a semblance of a face. And this kid was, he was, he was grateful for life. And so many times, we, it's like we have to lose something before we can become grateful. You'd think, you know, what, what is that? It's about an attitude. It's about a mindset that, that we live with in our lives. You know, in Second Chronicles 20, 21, and 22, this was the battle that they had. It says they began to sing and praise. As they began to sing and praise, God sent the singers out ahead of them. You probably remember this story. Into the battle. And as they praised through singing, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon <coughs> and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Interesting. As they began to praise that God defeated that enemy in their lives. 
There are a lot of battles that we face. We face battles with guilt. <coughs> Maybe you need to start praising God that you're forgiven. Maybe you're battling fear. Maybe you need to start praising God that you're protected. Maybe you've lost, had a bunch of losses in your life financially. Maybe you need to start praising God that in Christ you are rich. So much more than what you can look at in this world. Maybe you're feeling lonely. Maybe you need to start praising God that you're not alone. Maybe your body is falling apart. Maybe you need to start praising God that he has a new one. Praise focuses on the promise. Complaining focuses on the problem. There's not much praiseworthy in focusing on our problems. There's a lot of praise when we begin to focus on the promises. You know, one final example. I think Paul was such, Paul was such a great example of a person who lived out a life of praise to God, no matter, no matter what the situation. Here's 2 Corinthians <clears throat> um, Just read it with me. We do not want you to be informed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Folks, this was hard. This was a hard time. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened. This isn't a bad thing, says Paul. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. What's the worst thing that can happen? They can kill us. (coughs) But he raises people from the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. And on him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. This is how Paul lived his life. Didn't matter what was going on. He didn't focus on the problem. He focused on what God was doing and that there was always something to praise God for. Father, this morning we thank you for this psalm. Father, I pray that we would walk out of here this morning and just realize that our whole reason to be here, our whole reason for existing here, the bottom line is that we're just here to praise you for so many things that you do and so many things that you're doing. Father, we're called to live lives of praise. And so I I pray this Thanksgiving season that we might that, that we might move out of this season and uh, just understand this truth that we might realize that praise is a, it's a sacrifice, that praise is something that gives great pleasure to you, that you just take great delight in the praise of, of your people. Father, we also thank you that Praise is, is something that you, we acknowledge, is something that you deserve because of who you are. And uh, Lord, you've given us praise as a weapon against the enemy, a weapon against discouragement, a weapon against despair. And uh, 
Father, might we just have the courage uh, to praise you in, in all things. We thank you. In, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in terms of... Uh,